Lonnie's frightened, so I'll speak. I just wanted to tell you that uh, we are aware that there were a few technical issues with our sound in this episode. Although we are sure it's not going to hurt your enjoyment from our amazing wit and gorgeous sense of humor. So, here we go. I'm not frightened. I'm just nervous. Nervous, frightened, same shit. Yalla. This is the Women on the Edge of Attainment podcast. There will be women, too. Some edge, but we are not edgy. And we're pretty sure there'll be no attainment. No fear of that. With me, Lauren Bowman. And me, Osnat Krupnik-Mas. That's not fair. You didn't record you telling me to piss off. Um, do I know? No, it really, it's like, because you come across extremely nice <laughs> and embarrassed and well-balanced, and I come across as a sailor, and you just told me to piss off, which, by chance, you know, you, did, you failed to record. I love the fact that I come out well-balanced and you're a sailor. So my idea was to tell you about a parenting technique that I was taught that's related to this topic, okay? Okay, we're doing parenting. No, 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 no. What is your technique? Somebody that is pregnant is calling you, telling you you are a mother with experience. (laughs) What is your parenting technique? Do you have a one-liner to sum it up? Yes, I'm a parent. I don't represent all parents. No, but she's asking you for advice. I'm pregnant with my first child. You already have a child. Uh, what is your parenting motto? This week? Okay. Not this week. Stop <laughs> analyzing it. So what is your parenting motto, uh, my dear you, friend, that I'm going for <laughs> advice? I have this thing called the whole parent approach. So I made this thing up called the whole parent approach. Literally, I made it up. Yeah. That... In whole parenting, it's not just the child, but what worked for you and your child. Will that go? Will that fly? I don't know. It can fly. I have no idea. So, you're in a toy store with your child, and they want a toy that you're absolutely not going to buy them. I mean, sorry, let's just take that back to What are you doing in a toy store with a small child? So, thank God for Amazon, because I can't tell I think your idea was you really mean good. thank Bezos for Amazon. Yes. So that I can just buy online. Even now, I won't say who, but we have food delivered. And in the food delivery offering, there are Why aren't you saying, are you BBC? You can say, we order food from... I don't want to say. Because you know people will think you are posh middle, higher, upper middle class. It's not not actually the reason we shop there, but anyway. It Um, doesn't matter. It's the stereotype that comes with the brand, Ocado. There are other places you can do grocery shopping from, by the way, that are just as posh, Waitrose. Yeah. I don't want to sound posh, which is... That, you, first that of you all... To, oh, no, obvious. first, you cannot, sound, you, you cannot sound posh because you come with the wrong accent. You do ah. not sound like the Queen or Rhys Mogg. You sound like Rismog. a bloody immigrant who came here. This is what you sound like. You, you can't sound... You, you are not posh. Good, so it does, it, it's okay then. Anyway, the, the point is, I don't have to go to the store and buy toys, thank God. So, we go to Tesco, and I don't like taking her to Tesco because all she wants to do is run as far away from me as possible. I'm supposed to be trailing behind her. What she'd like is I trail behind her with a basket and she just throws things in. I mean, that would be her ideal. 
So I say, okay, we're not, I'm not buying you anything. We have to get food, but we can do some fantasy shopping. So the fantasy thing didn't work. Well, I'm going to have to try it again. I, when does fantasy work? <laughs> I don't think it's that kind of a podcast. When I talk about the fantasy thing, I'm moving on from my daughter. I actually, so I have this thing where I like to find books. So before you could just go on Amazon, we were talking about pre-Amazon, where you could just type in the title of a book and most likely you'll find it. I like to hunt for books. Like go to physical bookstores and find the books. I did find out something very strange about myself. I would hold the book, I would turn it over, I would read the blurb, and then I would put it back on the shelf. Uh, if I was alone and did that, no one would know. But I did go on these hunts with a friend on occasion who looked at me mortified. Why? I didn't I didn't hear anything mortifying with what well, you said, we, just a boring I person. them to go and find a book that I then found and went, oh, that's lovely, and put it back on the shelf and didn't buy it. I still don't see the... I think this is a problem. We cannot have a discussion because we both do the same things. Are you saying that that, that would Oh, be... I did it so many times. I would go in and say, oh, I really want to buy this. I would go in, they would actually have the item, whether it's a book or a t-shirt, and then I would go look at it, put it back, and decide, no, I'm not buying it, and go out. So are we like an advertiser's nightmare? I'm probably an advertiser's nightmare because I pay attention to the advertising, to the bullshit, I mean. I try to read through the bullshit. I did a postgrad diploma in advertising and marketing, and we used to call it the bullshit filter. Yeah. And I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm also looking through the bullshit filter, but there are times they get me without me even knowing. Obviously they do. I'm not some kind of a mastermind that can block, you know, subliminal messaging. It doesn't work that way. I'm going to go back to fantasy, because when we were talking about advertising, and we're talking about bullshit filters, it, it's when you look at advertising that gets through our bullshit filters, it's because it has plugged into one some version of our fantasy. I think my biggest thing, even as a child, when adverts were more rare than it is today, the capacity of it. Anyways, where in Israel, when I were... When, when you were a young wartime. Yeah, no, when I was younger, they had adverts, but I think the main thing when they started having the adverts for a sanitary pads, mm-hmm. this is when I was like, yep, no, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work. I do not, because of this pad, who will start being a fit person that jogs. I like, no, the tampon ads. You can freeze, do everything. The cramps. Apparently, I shove a tampon up my vagina, and then my cramps are gone, and the weakness, and the hormonal imbalance, and the PMA, everything is so going the, away. Maybe I should just have it shoved there the whole month around. So the implication is that putting on putting in a tampon makes you a happier person than you were before. It makes me, no, it makes me good looking, skinny coordinated because apparently I'll be able to either do complicated sports or dance without looking like a bear walking on charcoal. You know, it it does a lot of things. And lovable. Lovable. Lovable, Mm -hmm. yeah. Maybe that's my problem. I didn't shove the tampon deep enough to become lovable. I didn't reach the lovable level. So if you have one of those special K red dresses and you eat special K for like the seven day special K bar and you use the tampon. I probably shit myself 24-7. If and I just eat special cake. And you wear the tampon. Does that mean you're going to be like happy all the time? And love yourself? 
But that's what I do. I wear my red dress, I eat special K, and I have a tampon in constantly. I'm thinking of shoving a few in my ears just in case. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> I would shove it in such a way I would look like a Jewish man because of the thread rolling down from my ears. I'm Jewish, I'm allowed to say that. For this, for this I'll, I'll consider myself a Jew. <laughs> for this That's joke. A whole different Getting back to the Oh, you know, in when uh, Tampax uh, started selling in Israel, they would have promotional packs that you would buy the tampons and it would come with a pair of earrings. You would have earrings. It was like triangle blue earrings and all sorts of plasticky things to make shiny and things. And my grandmother, she gave me those earrings. And I had no idea that it means that I bought tampons and I'm wearing those earrings. And I wore it once. Mm-hmm. And then I saw so many with those earrings. And I'm like, why is this? Why Why is everybody? Yeah. But I was wearing tampon earrings. Well, no, just. You were wearing earrings that came with a box of tampons. No, I call it tampon earrings. I was wearing tampon earrings. They could take tampons, right, and make them into like earrings. But do you remember shrinky dinks? I don't remember it because we didn't grow up at the same. I have no idea what no, shrinky dinks. I think it was international. I'm going to describe it to me, you, and then you can tell me if you know. Okay. So it's, it's like plastic sheet or plastic drawings. Okay. And yeah. you color them in. Yeah. And then you put them in the oven, and then they shrink. Female. No, but I did have female. Okay, so, so I don't know what shrink so, Okay, we so didn't have that. were like these, um, you could almost say like stained glass kind of things. Okay. It was floppy. It was Maybe nice. I wasn't a very art and crafts kind of child. Maybe we had this, <laughs> but because I preferred to listen to music even as a small child and do other things, I did not. I'm looking up shrinky things. Oh my God, it comes up the first thing. At least it doesn't come up as shrinky dicks. Oh my god, it's on Wikipedia. It's a thing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of children did those kind of arts and... Yeah, I know what it is now. I never bothered. So you draw this, this thing. It's almost, it's almost like wax paper. It's got an image on it. And then you put it... Of course, you're putting it in the oven, so you're making something. Do you realize? And then it shrinks down. It, it shrinks the dicks. Yeah. It's shrinky the dinky, sorry. It shrinkies the dinkies. Well, it makes them dinky because they're not dinky already. Oh, so I was thinking yeah. you could have like shrinky dink tampons. Good. So I was thinking you could like color them in, right? <laughs> Put them in the oven and then they shrink really small. No, if it's not ready made when it comes to arts and crafts, I find it hard to believe I'll bother with it. I'll just shove the tampon as is. In your ear. In my ear. I'm swiftly moving along. Yeah. Continuing on the theme of fantasy. So we really want to fantasize. Um, I'm not singing because we can't pay rights to Disney. Well, I already did something you're going to have to take out, so yes. Um, What did you do? uh, When I was a young warthog. Oh, shit. Yeah. Disney is going to... It's so sad because it's actually advertising. Did you do it while I was talking and saying something of importance? Probably. I'm leaving it in. Come on, Disney. Sue me. No, no, no. You have... No, the thing is... The thing is... If Disney tries to sue me and they win, good luck to them <laughs> getting anything. The only thing I have to my name is my kids. Oh, did you see this uh, thing? It's brilliant. <laughs> did you see this Sorry, article? I have, I've never seen you wave your hands. Yes. 
Because it's so exciting. It made me laugh. Did you see this article about this guy suing his parents for giving birth to him without his consent? No. This is fascinating. And I find it to be so funny. Because what I think is, since I have the kids, I lost everything. They are the only thing I've got. So if they sue me for everything I've got, for giving birth to them without their consent in a way of, you know, mindfulness and self-acceptance, they will be winning themselves, which will be brilliant. So my kids and Disney can win my kids. I need to say that that's sort of a really strange twist on self-actualization. I, I find this story so fascinating. And I saw it also, not just in the Sun and Daily Mail, I saw it, I think, on some other platforms that have more gravitas. So, fantasy, fantasy, back yes. Back to the fantasy, yeah. like a dog with a bone, an imaginary bone. Sometime last year, mm-hmm. I came up with an idea for a tattoo. Now, I am tattooless, okay, because I am a baby. I do not want the pain. Oh, it's the pain thing. Okay. So Partly the pain and the permanent. I don't know, because I, on one hand, I like changing a lot of things. On the other hand, I have three tattoos, and I never pay too much attention. My dad's reasoning for why I shouldn't have tattoos was amazing. He said to me, you shouldn't have tattoos because it's marking you. This is a mark that can identify you. So if you kill somebody one day, they will be able to find you because they will say it's the woman with this tattoo. And I'm like, seriously? I was 18 when he told me this reasoning why I shouldn't have a tattoo. And I'm like, are you going to piss me off so much that I'll have to murder you and go on the run? I don't. Of course I told him that. So the first one I hid. The second one I did was on my shoulder blade. Now I can't hide it. What he did was using the weapon of all weapons, calling his mom, telling her, your granddaughter just had a tattoo. It backfired because she couldn't give a shit. That was it. Going back to the story, I played with the idea of having a two that said, nothing is ever ideal. I played with it so much that I wrote it on my arm and took Mm -hmm. a photo of it. It's not right, okay? I can't say the responses from my nearest and dearest were that positive. First of all, I think their response was not positive because you wrote something with a pen on your arm and kept looking at it. I would be worried too. If you came with a tattoo with this fancy writing with all the frills and trills, they wouldn't be so horrifying. So you're saying it's not the words, it's the design. It's not the words, it's not the design, it's the fact that you were behaving like a 15-year-old that wrote something with a pen on their arm. While I think that might be an element of it that people didn't admit to, that my nearest and dearest didn't admit to, we're not talking... How near and how dear are they, really? (laughs) So, my husband. You say your husband. Okay, so not that near, not that dear. (laughs) Sorry. It's pretty dear, because I was going to sleep. I do sleep next to him every night. He's going to have to see the thing. He didn't sit right with him and another friend. And I know why, because it's an an element of... um, not dissatisfaction. I would call. I would say perfectionism is overrated. I I agree with you. Why I think that in life nothing is ever ideal is because it's, it sounds like you settled for less than. It sounds like you 
you don't expect life to give you its best, whatever the hell that means. So I came up with another no, one. No, because they keep, if we go back to advertising, they keep selling us happiness, ideal, non, uh, you know, no compromising. Wor- they keep selling us this bullshit. And it doesn't work that, that way. I do agree that there is a problem with the copywriting <laughs> of nothing is ever ideal. But Wait, wait what's wrong with the copywriting of nothing is ever ideal? I don't know. Something doesn't flow. Oh, it's the flow. It's not the sentiment. No, no, it's not the sentiment. Okay, I think it's the sentiment that doesn't. I, I, I can't do it because the sentiment for me is not... But ideal is something that doesn't exist. Nothing is ideal. Nothing. I agree. It's it's almost like, you know, uh, what is it called? Utopia. It doesn't exist. So I had another version of it, but it's still got the same sentiment problem. I'm not looking for perfect, but I think it's the same issue. I don't know. Why can't you Google inspirational quotes? No, I don't want an inspirational quote. I, don't want I can give you one. Just because the sky is blue doesn't mean it's not going to rain. There you go. Seriously, I'm not, not Nick I'm not having that on my own. And I'm not putting your name next to it. No. You should put my... You know what? Fuck everything else. <laughs> Just have a tattoo with my name on your... And every time you think something that I would think is stupid, you just look at it, slap yourself with this arm, and carry on with your life. That is your fantasy. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which. I don't know why it's such a big deal. I mean, I, I t- unless you're tattooing your forehead or you're doing a full body coverage, I don't understand so what you're why saying you're is... putting so much... You're overanalyzing it. I'm going to have to look at it regularly. Yeah, if you keep going and looking in the inside of your arm constantly. Well, then maybe I should put it under my, my watch strap. That I could just meet my wife. Oh, maybe it's very really painful there, though. I don't know because I don't have there and I don't wear watches. I don't know. Are you going to tell me that watches are old fashioned now? No, even when watches were fashioned, I did not wear watches. Because? It was very uncomfortable. Oh, that seems a good reason. I know. I'm full of good reasoning. I don't see the point of a, of a watch. And the funny thing is, I'm hardly ever late. I'm not one of... People that are late piss me off. People that are late should be punished. I don't know why. I will concoct something for them. Well, why is late a... Because when somebody is late, that means that their time is more precious than yours. And if they are late, I'm not interested. I had a few friends that their excuse was, Oh, but the time ran out and I don't... No, you just didn't think I'm important enough to get your shit together to meet me in time. So I went to a coffee shop and I was meeting a friend. And I I have two views on this. So I had a view at the time that somebody was late, didn't respect my time. Okay? I do most of the time believe that. There are times when I don't. So I'm sitting in this cafe and she's 10 minutes late, okay? And I'm getting really, really agitated. And I've recently been exposed to cognitive behavior therapy, which is this therapeutic concept um, and one of the, the things you use it you do it that's useful is what are you telling yourself about the situation I'm not telling you this so that you do this I'm just telling you that this is how I had to get by I had to get like I was just getting more and more aggressive be aggressive be, be aggressive <laughs> no, it, 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 the problem is I take it on other people not you know the poor waitress doesn't need my shit and I also give myself like assets so I'm beating myself up 
So I'm sitting there and I'm going, okay, so what am I telling myself about the situation? She's doing it on purpose. She doesn't respect my time. She doesn't care about Was me. it the first time that, that she did it? Yeah. Because she'd happened. I, I was late before. It did happen that I was late due to things that are beyond my control. Shit happens. But when it's a regular thing or people don't even apologize, there are some people that are constantly late. Okay, so it's a repeat offender that are... A repeat offender that is sincerely apologizing also. It's like, fuck you. Okay, so I'm in this restaurant and this is this is going, I'm in a coffee shop. But mostly the pressure I put on myself is that I ought to stay. Like, it's my obligation just because in my head I'm telling myself that I have to stay. And I sit there going, I don't have to stay. I don't know why she's late. I don't have to stay. And I need to set myself a time to go when it's enough. And I set a time limit of, I think, 30 minutes. And I think she came after 32. So I was getting ready to go. But it was a big deal to go. Like, I... I don't understand. I don't understand why. I don't understand. If somebody breaks a social contract of being on time, why should I feel bad about leaving? Oh, it's always like this. Because when in many situations, one of the best weapons, if you're in the wrong, is to turn the tables and get the other person to feel guilty for getting upset because you did something wrong. She didn't do any of this. This was all happening in my head. Right. So now we've got mobile phones. Now I want to ask you about mobile phone etiquette in terms of being late. So I'll tell you what I do. Uh, if I know ahead of time, like 15, 20 minutes ahead of time, that there's no way I'm going to be on time, I message. If I know in advance I'm going to be late, I want to tell people. I did that to you. Yes. She went even late. Like she, was, she was three minutes late. It was so I know, weird. but I didn't know I'm going to be three minutes late. I thought I'm going to be 10 to 15 minutes late. So I texted you. It's and going to take a while. And I open the door and go, you're not even late, like, you know. But I see your point. Five minutes is, is a margin for error. I get no, it, it it annoys me. Come come five minutes early. No, no. It really annoys me when people are late. Is five minutes a margin for error or not at all? Five minutes, culturally, it's accepted and it's not considered to be late. In my eyes, it is. You remind me of my German grandfather. <laughs> I am your German grandfather, apparently. <laughs> I have some people that I give them a very, very, very early time when I meet with them. With these offenders that sometimes, unfortunately, I couldn't cut out of my life and I had to continue meeting with them for various reasons. We would, let's say, say we are meeting at 12 o'clock and I would come at quarter past 12. Sometimes I would come at half past 12, yet I was still the first one to arrive. That's what I wanted to ask you. I was going to say, if somebody's a repeat offender, do you then not turn up exactly on time to sort of manage your manage your irritation about? Because I've done that. The thing is, in my head, I can't. It really makes me like collapse into myself with a bit of a, you know. I feel I, guilty though. I feel guilty that I I'm not coming not, on time. I do not feel guilty. No, I can't handle this subject. Next. Go back to your fantasy. It it really aggravates me. But your fantasy is that everybody's going to be on time all of the time. Exactly. And there would not be anything that would prevent anybody. So that you won't have the excuses of signal failure, the bus didn't show up, there was uh, way more traffic. Than I, I suppose I'm just checking because this is how I think. If you're going to be late... You know what will yeah. happen now. Now I'm going to be late constantly to every engagement that I have in the next week just to you know, prove me a point that it can happen. But no, seriously, they should reopen the dungeons 
for real. Just for these people. Think you're overreacting? No, I'm not. No, I am not. I'm not. This is not overreacting. This is being extremely sensible. I think you're going after perfection. It's not perfection. It's respecting other people. But being on time every time is perfection. Not everybody's on time. But that's what I say. I'm not on time every time because there are things that are beyond my control. Seriously, this coffee, this is Ethiopian coffee keeps repeating on me. It is horrible. What was in this thing? Now I'm going to get stuck with this sublime, like this subcurrent of flavor in forever until I die? I'm hoping not, because it's going to be very irritating if you do. Right, oh, because I'm, I'm not irritating up to now. I'm going to stop. So, to a, a small break. I still have this fantasy tattoo idea, and I don't want, I just have to be clear, I don't want it to be an image. You want it to be words. I want it to be words. And it needs to be something about... Oh, so the whole thing with the perfect thing, because I want to talk about the word perfect. It's got to be perfect. Well, this is the problem. I think that in I my I quoted life, a song without the music. It'll be okay. I think I've spent a lot of my life saying, well, I'm not going to do that because I'm not going to do it perfectly, which means I never did it. Okay, so there are a whole lot of things that I regret not having done. Okay, my... So I think you should just do it, whether it's perfect or not. Of course. So that's what I want to say. It's not... That's what I want. I want that's what I want the message to be. First of all, there is no such a thing as perfect. You might aim for perfectionism, but other people would look at it and they would say, oh, I would do it completely differently. This is crap. So one, people's, one person's perfect is another person's Yes, and also, a lot of the times I say people don't do anything. And I say if you don't do something, if you don't ask for something, it's 100% no. But if you try, you reduce it to 50-50. If the answer is still no after you made an attempt, it didn't set you back. You're still where you are. Sorry, can I just stop? Do you remember reading that story about the, a man who lived as a, a sheep on what? a mountain for like three weeks? No. Okay. I never read this story. Uh, <laughs> what? Okay, so I'm going to look it up in a minute. But he created this contraption where he was on all fours all the time. I mean, I actually don't know if it was a full day, but there's a picture of him. And he lived as a sheep as part of a herd for like three weeks. Was he naked? No, he had nothing on. So how did he poop while walking as a sheep would? He wasn't really a sheep. There we go. This is bullshit. How can he be a goat or a sheep? Because, first of all, they're walking naturally on all fours. Yeah. He has those weird things that he's holding with his hands and on his feet that... I don't know. And he's fully clothed. That means he's not going, eating and pooping like this. And he's putting a thought into it. Those goats are working on instinct of survival. You know, they are doing what they are... What the hell? I highly recommend for anybody who is listening to Google this. Because there is one thing that is just with his face in the grass. Now it looks like... He's having a foreplay with a goat. What is this thing? I, I, I'm not able to say. No, this is wrong. So there's a picture where it says he is being pictured, uh, in this photo as if he's being fitted for the special helmet he wore to disguise himself as he a goat. He looks like, he looks like something from Star Wars Look. with this. How stupid does he, I does do he think those goats are? <laughs> they probably saw it. They knew it's not a goat and they thought, oh, poor human. Let's embrace him because it looks like his own species threw him out. All right. I am one of these people that 
I struggle with this whole concept of getting anywhere. It's not that I'm not ambitious. It's that I'm so busy managing my expectation that actually if somebody appreciated something I do, I'm quite surprised. And it's not faux modesty. It's just it's just a sort of a focus of just keep doing whatever it is you're doing. And if people appreciate it on the way, lucky you. You put a lot of weight on what other people think. I really don't care what other people think think about me no i just said i don't do it for people I, you don't do it for people but you do care what they would think but if i'm at a bank let's use an example of a bank whoever goes to the bank anymore it's, a, it's an easy example that's far away and i'm at the front of the queue and i'm talking to the teller i am not actually interested in what other people think i'm worried about delaying them i don't want to get in people's way i don't think i deserve any more time than the person behind me and sometimes i've been in banks and i don't ask what i really want to ask because I'm worried about delaying the people in front of me, and the person in front of me is so irritated. Behind you. No, the person I'm talking to yeah. is so irritated that I'm taking up time. So I've got pressure from the, fr- the person talking to me, and I've got pressure from people behind me. I get so flustered. So yesterday I was uh, at a coffee shop, in a um, like a Starbucks-y type coffee shop, yeah. in a uh, news building. I went to meet okay. somebody. And uh, it's quite a fancy coffee shop with... Good prices, actually. Much better than if you were at Starbucks. And I, I like turmeric lattes, not because they're healthy. I just like them. And they made me a turmeric latte. And she handed me saying, here's your Americana. And I went, okay, I'll take it. But I ordered a turmeric latte. The woman was saying, turmeric? And we both heard Americana. So I know Americana and turmeric do not sound anything alike. I didn't hear turmeric. It was a turmeric latte. Okay. Fuck this whole, if she said Americana or turmeric. Who the fuck wants to have turmeric in their coffee? No, it wasn't coffee. What? It's a turmeric latte. It doesn't have coffee in it. Okay. Who the fuck wants to have turmeric in their latte? I, I, I it... did say I like turmeric. I did. I, I like turmeric in my food as a accompanying spice. usually... Why? Is... Who invented this shit? It, and then they tell you it's healthy for you? They invented it because it's supposed to be a health kick. I don't drink it because it's a health kick What's in this... Okay, no. Now we have to go to the bottom of... What's in... You say there is no coffee in it. No. Fine. So there is turmeric. Mm-hmm. Water, I assume. I make it with, with um, oat milk. Because I like oat milk and not because... So I'm basically it's warm milk with some kind of spice. It's yes. basically like having it with cinnamon, but instead yes. you're choosing something that is a different spice that belongs into savory food yes. and you're shoving it on yes. your warm milk. They they charge you because they call it turmeric latte when it's basically warm milk with some shit in it. Well, cafe latte is coffee with lots of milk. Yeah, but there it, I drink latte. That's why I assumed there was coffee, because latte is coffee, never mind. But it's well, diluted. latte is milk in my mind, but okay, yeah. It is. <laughs> in your mind. Do you live, do, do you live in this world? Do you yes, I'm excited. I think, I feel like I'm talking on behalf of all turmeric latte drinkers. When you tell me there is somebody that drinks a turmeric latte, I imagine somebody that looks and behaves completely differently to you. Okay. <laughs> Seriously, I do not imagine you. You know, in the 80s, they told us that butter is bad for us and we should eat margarine. I think it's because they had leftover oil products. They didn't know what to do with, so they fed it to us. And then it turned around. And now they tell you, no, this is trans fat. And trans fat for me, it's fats that go to 
a, an underground club while taking ecstasy, you know, dancing to certain electronic music. So fine, these are trans fats. You should go back to butter. And I'm like, what the fuck do you want from me? What the fuck? And now you're putting turmeric in what? Forget the fact I won't drink a glass of warm milk. It's beyond my comprehension. Yeah, carry on. Let's finish. Let's ra- This is it. We have to wrap it up because I cannot handle it. The, the, my, my blood pressure is really high right now. But so far, you learned that I, uh, I like turmeric lattes. I don't have any tattoos, but I have a fantasy about having one. I learned that I really don't like it when other people are late. Or, or drink turmeric. Are you premenstrual by any small chance? No. And this is such a chauvinistic question. I can't put it out of a hat. So, because I have no way to end this, and I don't even know what to do with you. Um, all right, let's take that. Did you get out of bed on the wrong side? Is that chauvinistic? No, how can I get out of bed from the wrong side? I always get out of bed from my side. I don't roll over the bed whether my husband is there or not to get... <laughs> or, this would be getting out of bed on the wrong side. I always get out of bed... <laughs> From the right side, which is my side. <laughs> okay. If you were in a porn film, how would you react if somebody said, he has a turmeric latte? Sorry. If you were in a porn film, how would you react to somebody offering you a, a cafe latte? You would love that. <laughs> I would say, <laughs> yes. Do you want to also uh, talk? <laughs> Let's talk. Somebody else was a terrible new porn film. Somebody said, Can we snuggle first? <laughs> <laughs> well, can you tell me about your day? <laughs> okay, I'm not looking at you. If you were in a porn film, how would you react to someone saying, Can you take my children on an errand with you? I'd say, I prefer the turmeric latte, please. <laughs> you have been listening to the Women on the Edge of Attainment podcast with me, Lorne Bowman, and me, Osnat Krupnik Maas. If you enjoyed it, subscribe, like, and share with as many people as possible. If you disliked it, share it with as many people as possible so they can suffer too, the bastards. Follow us on Twitter at WTEAPod or on our Facebook page. You can also email us on WTEAPod at gmail.com or stalk us individually on Twitter at B underscore Lawn and MassLife. Music by Audionautics.com <laughs>